Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast of Hella Average with me, Jose. And I mean, that's all I got right now. Don't act like you're not impressed. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes. I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Well, what's up, everybody? I hope everybody's doing well and has had a, a, a good week, a great week, whatever it may be. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, well, welcome back. I always appreciate uh, you guys, you know, taking some time and stopping by to check this, uh, to check me out at least. And um, I guess listen to all the bullshit we got. Hopefully you guys liked the last episode that uh, I had that I put out. Episode number 113 with the whole cow mutilations, which is, you know, uh, still pretty fucking heavy, pretty crazy. And what it is, what was it? So we're actually going to I'm actually going to piggyback a little bit on that. On that topic on on episode number 114 with uh, I kind of really, really barely barely touched on it uh, uh skinwalker ranch for from the last episode and uh, you know um still I, I, I listen i know there's skywalker ranch right and so sometimes i just want to call it that because that's what i'm actually used to calling and skinwalker ranch again it just sounds like a porno movie or episode maybe something like that but hey that's just my degenerate uh mind and that's just my how my brain works jamie uh, uh chat gpt are you good to go i forgot i was gonna ask jamie chat gpt uh right before the intro and i completely spaced it but all right looks like yep looks like jamie chat gpt is is on the go ready to go as well in case i need any type of assistance during my podcast and He's always very good at providing uh, very, very good information and very quickly. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, I have version number three and not four because I think with number four, you have to upgrade. So, Jamie Chat GPT only has knowledge, I think, up to 2021. But, hey, you know what? What they always say to me, like I used to sometimes do sales, but 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing, right? So, hey, at least we have uh, Jamie Chat GPT to help us out here quite a bit during these times. Um, so I uh, want to welcome you to the episode, uh, to this, uh, to the podcast. If you guys haven't been here before, you know, um. I was going to say how it started, why it started. It was about my buddy B-Rad that's in prison and uh, still waiting to hear back. But anyways, um, that's kind of how it started. And right now, if I do get a letter from him or when I get a letter from him, of course, that'll be a different type of episode. But nonetheless, um, I guess we will have to wait and pray. Well, pray he's okay and hope that this all is going, you know, like we hear from him soon. Um, also don't forget to check out all my other stuff, my YouTube channel. That's Jose Mays of the Degenerate, actually. 
I have a couple shorts up there that I've been putting up recently and an animation I put up a few weeks ago. I do have an animation in the works, a new one. Sam the Metallica fan, as I mentioned before, but I haven't had uh, a lot of time work to work on them yet. So hopefully in the next week or so, I will be able to have another animation up there. There's a lot of people actually that I think subscribed to my YouTube channel, mainly because of the animations. And I do like I do like doing them a lot. They are probably the ones that take the most time to create. And I mentioned before, it's the Easter eggs of 98K PD. If you don't know, if you're not a fan of 98K PD, John Holmberg's Morning Sickness, then you, uh, you probably won't get most of the jokes, you know. Um, but I, you know, again, you do stuff also because it's great. It makes you feel good and it's funny. And there's other people that do appreciate it. And and so I, I love doing it. So it's, you know, it, it does suck that, you know, most people won't get it because, again, there's uh, there's a lot of inside jokes with the show. So the reason why I was saying that is because the Easter eggs that I have to research and put in there, those are the things that take the longest. Um, sometimes I think more than animation, honestly, outside of the, the eye movement, the blinking, the hand movement and things like that. So keep an eye out for that, hopefully here pretty soon. And um, I'm always excited to get those done. Um, also, yeah, so also on my Instagram, uh, Instagrams, Jose Meza underscore creator. You can always check my stuff out there. Recently, it's a lot of car stuff, which I, if you guys know me, I really thoroughly and love, I love cars. I think they're amazing, um, you know, pieces of artwork beautifully engineered and they're just I've always I've always been a fan so I do a lot of photos and photography lately a lot of reels of some actually quite exquisite supercars and hypercars such as Ferrari Enzo's um a 918 Spider matter of fact I did one on a Koenigsegg I would say that most people probably don't know what a Koenigsegg is but it is a car that's built in Sweden from a, a gentleman by the, his last name is Koenigsegg. And those things just don't come around often. You just don't see them really ever at all. And I had to go to the McLaren dealership to check this one out because I saw that they had one there for sale. It was on display and I had to go hit it. You know, well, you know, with my, my phone, record it with my phone, of course. It's just absolutely stunning. You know, it's a three and a half to six, three and a half to four million dollar car that the engineering, the specs on something like that. And it's a little bit older, but the specs and engineering, the tech on that is far ahead of, of most vehicles out there, which, of course, people are like, why the who the hell would pay three and a half, four million dollars for a car? Well, there's people out there that would do it, you know. Even if I was a billionaire, I I probably wouldn't do it. I, I think they're fantastic. I think they're beautiful. But it'd be hard for me, regardless, to spend money on something like that. Um, even though, I mean, I, I even though I love cars, I, I love them. I, I don't know. And maybe I say that now, who knows? But it is a pretty spectacular car. You know, it's a, it's a V8. It's 1,160 horsepower. It's a beast, a savage of a car. 
and it's beautiful. The work is stunning, but that is one of them on my IG. And I'm actually, I don't want to keep saying stuff because I know that sometimes I, I tend to take a little bit longer than normal, but my Jose Mesa comedy IG, I've been building quite a few stuff just in my, in my notes, my notes, as far as ideas for content and hopefully that I will start posting there here in the next week or two. And, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. But uh, anyways, you guys can check me out on that. And this, of course, is podcast every two weeks right now. I was doing it every one, every week, but I have a lot of things going on and a lot of things I got to do. So it, it, it definitely helps to do every two weeks. And maybe eventually I could go back to weekly. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, um, you know, don't forget to subscribe to this channel and or this channel to this podcast. Ooh, I had to pause it because I just sneezed like crazy. Anyways, um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. And, you know, I have been putting my email in the in the notes and summary and stuff like that. You guys ever want to shoot me a question or, I don't know, um, have any recommendations or whatever it may be, uh, feel free to hit me up at Juan and Joe Comedy at gmail.com i guess for you white folk it's (laughs) j-u-a-n of course and joe j-o-e comedy at gmail.com and uh, yeah you can always hit me up on uh, over there uh my buddy rick as i mentioned has hit me up with quite a few great topics and these are actually to the topics you know the cow mutilations was one of them and that led into the Skinwalker Ranch. So props to to Rick, who, by the way, um, I am uh, I have the honor and pleasure of working with my 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 boy there with a, a, a amazing concept that I think is a game changer in this in this in the car industry. Go figure, cars, right? That's probably one reason why we get along so well. The other reason, I guess, is that we're just bad motherfuckers. That's right. I mean, that's it. I. I, I yeah, sometimes you just have to be honest. Um, he has developed this amazing uh, cars, well, uh, idea, I guess, uh, for a, a new charger. Um, he's um, always been a car guy as well, has built many, a many a cars. You can always go check it out at exomod.com, E-X-O-M-O-D.com. And... Um, carbon fiber bodies that he basically takes brand new, brand new challengers, Hellcats, whatever it may be, strips the panels completely off and has molds that he has actually developed and have made into, which kind of molded into an entire, entire body, a 1968 uh, style of charger that's 100% carbon fiber, the entire thing. And it's absolutely stunning. It's absolutely beautiful. And it looks just like the original version. If you don't, if, if you take a glimpse, that's what you think. If you're a car enthusiast, you know, there's just a, some small differences, but that's, that's the beauty of it. It's proportioned beautifully how it's supposed to be. 
That's why you can't really tell until you look really closely, especially the enthusiasts. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a fucking banger. Let's put it that way. It's a banger and it's beautiful. Everything's fully customizable on it. And you guys should go check it out, really. He also has <clears throat> the IG on there that I will look up here in a second. But you guys need to check that out. It's it's absolutely stunning um, what he has done, what he's created. The man is, is a genius in all levels. And not only is he a genius, he's a, uh, a, a, a great guy with a big heart and uh, um, an honor for me to be able to call him uh, my boy, my friend. So very, very um, happy to be able to do a lot of stuff for him with design work, with photography for videos and so forth. And um, the cars are just absolutely stunning. So best, it's basically, right? It's um, it's um, a modern tech, well, what did we say, Rick? What did we say? God damn it, now I forgot it. Um, that's right. Carbon vibe, carbon fiber vintage muscle on modern tech. And that's exactly what it get what it is. You get the best of both worlds, right? You get a classic just stunner of a car with the best lines with brand new technology. You can't beat it. So, you can check um Exomod at IG um other handle is Exomod Carbon. E X O M-O-D-C-A-R-B-O-N. No, he's not sponsoring this, but got to give a shout out to my boy. Plus, hey, been working on his stuff myself, and I absolutely love it. It's 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 one of the good things. Um, Jamie ChatGPT is giving me a little issue here. He um he went down, it looks like. So I might have to be without Jamie ChatGPT. Hopefully just for a little bit. I'm not sure. I actually have him on a Macintosh. And right now, if you guys have know what a Macintosh, like if you guys, I mean, I know, of course, you know what a Macintosh is. And if you don't, um, you should probably kind of come into the, I don't know, even maybe year 2000. But let's 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 step it up a notch to go to 2023. OK, because um, if you don't know what Mac is by now, I, where you been? And welcome to life. Welcome to this world. Don't know if you're going to be able to handle it. Anyways, yeah, I got the beach ball going. And so I'm going to have to do a hard shot done on Jamie Chat GPT. For some reason, he just kind of, he just went out on me. Who knows? Um, I guess he's probably a millennial because this is a 2015. Maybe that's what's going on. Maybe I hurt his feelings somehow or something. All right. So uh, I didn't really have any other topics. Uh, just Skinwalker Ranch. Um, but I did come, I did remember something really quick. Don't worry. That'll be him chiming in in a second. There he is. Um, I am very, very excited for this weekend on Sunday. No, not because it's mother's day. I, you know, if you guys aren't aware, I was raised JW. That's a Jehovah witness for you that don't know what that means. Do I practice it right now? I do not, but I was raised that way. My parents are devout. Therefore, they don't believe in any, any of that stuff. So I haven't been able to really wish my parents a happy Mother's Day or a happy Father's Day. And I don't know how long it's been. Um, yeah, it sucks because it would be nice to tell them something like that. But listen, 
That's what they love. That's what they chose. And I got to tell you something, man. It is crazy not to have to spend, like, like not to have to have, have like birthdays. When you're a kid, it's a little rough. It's a little tough, but you kind of, you, you kind of adjust or you, you, I don't know, you, you, you get used to it. Right. And, um, and it's not, you know, of course it, it, it sucks, but Hey, that's what happens sometimes. Um, but sometimes what they say, you, you can't miss what you don't have or didn't have. Like sometimes that is kind of a little bit of a bullshit because I think you still can miss it regardless because you see your friends enjoying it and having a lot of fun and so forth, you know, and it's bizarre not having birthdays and, you know, Christmases, all that stuff. That being said, welcome back, Jamie Chat GPT. What happened to you, man? Come on. We're in the middle of a podcast here. Even have you little, give you a little time to warm up. I'm telling you, this guy. Uh, all right, you okay? I don't know. I, I guess he's okay. The, the cursor's ready to go. Uh, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting deal, but I got to tell you one thing on if there's anything that's good about, I guess, having that religion in your in your family you ever say it's 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 the cheapest religion you'll ever find you'll never spend money you don't have to worry about going and making special visits on these special holidays it really is very like nothing's inconvenient about it it's it's just a normal day so there's parts of it that i gotta say aren't so bad. Would I want to get my parents something? Sure. And I do on their anniversaries usually, but uh, it's nice not to have to have, you know, I don't know, 16 times a year that you got to give people presents. It's already bad enough with birthdays around here. Anyways. Uh, yes. So um, it's not that I'm excited. There I go on a tangent, like usual. You already know this. But what it really is exciting about for me on Sunday is Red Hot Chili Peppers concert that I bought these, I don't know, a few months back. And I got to tell you, I am so fucking excited. I, I've i never been able to see, I've never watched, seen the, the Chili Peppers live. Always have been a huge fan of them since, I don't know, mid-90s at some point. Maybe even early 90s. And Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic was the first album I listened to. And the first time, basically, I fell in love with the band. They are one of my absolute favorites. And I'll tell you what, some people out there, I got a good buddy who's not a... Actually, Baden, who used to do the podcast with me, wasn't a Red Hot fan. Um, he never liked them. And and that's okay. People, people um, you know, have different tastes, different opinions. And, you know, and I, I could see that. I mean, you're wrong, but, you know, if you don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you're wrong. But, you know, I mean, hey, everybody can have their own opinion. Uh, I I actually do. I, I just love them. And and they have some great, like, just happy songs. Like, they're always, they're always just happy. Like, you, sometimes when I'm just kind of having a, maybe a shit day or something, I'll tell you that I'll put some Red Hot on and it does, it does pet me up a little bit. It just, I don't know. It, it It's just good 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 songs and i enjoy them and they have been i hate the whole term bucket list i don't know how, what else to say at this moment but 
the 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 checkout the checkout list. <laughs> I had it on my you know before I check out. Um, and I, I guess that also sounds like me checking out like my choice, and it's not. Uh, but it's it's always been one of the bands that I've wanted to see for a long time. I've missed a few of them. I missed Pantera. I've missed Stone Temple Pilots. So I'm very happy to to know that I'm finally being able to see Red Hot after a few times, a couple times that I've tried, and I can't can't wait to go see them. So probably here it is spoiler alert for the next episode yeah i'm gonna have my normal i don't know what the discussion is or what the topic is going to be on the next episode but know this that red hot chili peppers concert uh experience is definitely going to be in there no question uh so I, I that's that's you know mother's day is looking damn good so far i it, it sucks it's on a sunday that part's always of course a little rough it's like oh but that's okay. I'm good with that. I'm actually going to take it easy the following day because I'm sure I'll be having a great time and probably not in the best shape to wake up, at least early to do shit. And this that week, I'm actually taking the week off from the gym to rest these old ass bones and joints that hurt on a frequent basis, but usually feel pretty good. And I'd rather have it no other way. They hurt because I've been working out, but I'd rather them hurt because of production, because of muscle building, because of exercise instead of hurting. We're not doing a damn thing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm actually I, 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 I can't wait. I mean, start my week off from the gym with a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert. I, I just I can't wait. And I might Uber there just just to um, I don't know. Just a pregame, possibly. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. No, I'm not going by myself. But you know, I, I I can't I can't wait. This is going to be fun, and so I'm I'm very very excited about it, as you can kind of tell. Anyways, I didn't mean to just go on as I. Well, I guess I did. Fucking, I'm tired about apologizing for that. You guys already know I always do. Um, no, that's not a beer. I wish it was, but. Not till maybe tomorrow or the following day. So, uh, so yeah, got a good got a good weekend coming up. All right, so shall we get to some Skinwalker Ranch? Bounce, 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 bounce. I'm telling you, I don't know. It just listen. The name is for there for a reason, and it's hopefully I'm not like the guy that getting in trouble from ESPN for the White Cloud comment of the the guy, the hockey player's last name, White Cloud, I think from the Golden Knights or something. And he said some comment that I don't think was really that fucking terrible or that bad. Uh, but of course, he got uh, railroaded um, on Twitter for it and whatever. I just don't think it's that terrible. So um, hopefully that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> to all three people listening. Uh, um I would suck if one of you three actually said something. Anyways, so it it's it's actually I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of I'll I'll, I'll go over the of course the little history about it, but it's actually named after something I guess, you know, Native American. So Let's just put that out there. It's just for, you know, my my brain is, again, my brain is, 
it's it's always going towards comedy and funny and and being a degenerate. That's just how it works. So here we go. Welcome to episode number 114. What is Skinwalker Ranch and what's really going on there? All right. So Skinwalker Ranch, I, I guess I was going to just kind of go over it briefly, but I don't think I need to. Um, hold on. Jamie Chat GPT. Let's see what Jamie Chat GPT says before I go ahead and start this immediately. And I'm just actually going to type in exactly the subject that I just said, and we'll see what uh, what he tells me. Well, it looks like Jamie, Jamie Chat GPT is wide awake because he's now just going off. <laughs> this is fantastic. So first of all, I guess... Let's see. Let, let's go over what I have first, and then we'll see what Jamie Chat GPT says really quick. Okay, so Skywalker, Skywalker. See, well, I told you I'm gonna fucking do that more than once. I'm telling you. You guys know what Skywalker Ranch is? George Lucas is where Star Wars and all that stuff were originally made. It's also known for sound, mainly known for sound now. Anyway, that's what Skywalker Ranch is. There, that's covered. Skinwalker Ranch. What is it? Well. Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch, and you'll know why here in a little bit, is a, pro- is a property of approximately 512 acres located southeast of Ballard, Utah, that is reputed to be the site of paranormal and UFO-related activities. Its name is taken from the Skinwalker of Navajo legend concerning vengeful shamans. So, Again, I thought that was pretty fucking cool, quite interesting. And um, that's why, you know, don't try to cancel me, goddammit. My brain, it's my brain. All right, so, yes, I'm being so insensitive. That's just how I work, right? Um, Shamanism is a religious practice that involves a practitioner, shaman or salmon, interacting with the spirit world through altered states of consciousness, such as a trance. Okay, just briefly, in case anybody was wondering, and it'll go a little bit further into that. But anyways, um, that's that's basically where that name comes from, Skinwalker Ranch, which at this point probably tells you how old this probably is, okay? How far this, this probably goes back. And, uh, and, and we will touch on that here in just a second. I know I sound like a fucking talk show host or something. All right, so goes on to say, did you know that one of the most uniquely mysterious places in the world is in Utah, okay? And I first, I actually didn't know that either. I actually would have guessed Northern Arizona, but I'm sure it's kind of around that border. Uh, Geographically, I'm fucking retarded. So sorry about that, guys. Rumors of UFOs and extraterrestrial beings have been swirling around that area for years. But despite the stories, no hard evidence has ever been released to show what's really going on there. In fact, we may never know. That's very true, though. I mean, some people will probably know. And matter of fact, I, that comes that brings me to this a beautiful quote. And it's actually on the Skinwalker Ranch website, which I think is absolutely, I think I may have heard it before, 
but I really, I really, I really like it. And I, 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 I want to try to remember it because we are saying we may never know. However, here, and, and, and some people just have a problem with this is here's a quote by Anton Chekhov. We will declare frankly that nothing is clear in this world. Only fools and charlatans know and understand everything. Oh, it's, it's, that's so well put. I absolutely love, love that quote. One of my new favorite quotes, I have to say. Uh, yeah, so I thought uh, that was great. So that's why I just said, well, we may never know, but maybe the charlatans probably do, I'm sure. I think we all know a few people there or have known people like that in our lives. And hopefully I'm using that as in past tense because you dumped their ass, regardless if it's a friend, girlfriend, whatever. People like that, one-uppers and know-it-alls, the fucking worst. All right, so goes on to say, it's located in Uintah Basin, in the Uintah Basin. This paranormal hotspot boasts claims of flying saucers, mysterious lights, unknown illnesses, shape-shifting monsters, and just about everything else you can think of. I remember I touched on this a little bit. If you guys listened to episode 113, that is sounds quite familiar, and that's kind of what brought me to this. Uh, it's also, it's it's so well known, in fact, that there have been several books written about the property, and it's even the subject of a History Channel show. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the show. Matter of fact, I didn't even know there was one until the last episode again. All right. Uh, goes on to saying, but just how did this patch of land in eastern Utah gain worldwide notoriety? And how many of its strange stories are worth believing? The first question is easy to answer, I guess, right? I mean, is it? How many of its strange stories are worth believing? That's number two, um, I suppose. But um, we'll, we'll let you make up. Well, I'm just reading that. We'll let you make up your own mind on the second one, which I guess is true. You, you can make up your mind on the second question. How many of its you know, strange stories are worth believing? All right, so. These early stories detailed the claims of a family that allegedly experienced inexplicable, inexplicable. <laughs> You'll hear that a few times. I mean, just my fucking failure to pronounce some of the words. Uh, experienced any experienced inexplicable and frightening events after they purchased and occupied the property. So in 2005, Calm, I'm assuming that's his name, Calm Keller and co-author George Knapp published a book in which they described the ranch being acquired by the National Institute for Discovery Science. The, their, their initials are N-I-D-S, lowercase C-I. It just reminds me of the, you know, NADES or whatever for Advil. So I'm just going to call it N-I-D-S, all right? To study anecdotal sightings of UFOs, like, you know, UFOs, Bigfoot-like creatures, crop circles, glowing orbs, in which I didn't realize, poltergeist activity reported by its former owners. So definitely going out a little bit on a limb here. So far, if you're into UFOs, awesome. You and I are on the same page. Um, crop circles, awesome. We are still on the same page. 
you start looking into Bigfoot-like creatures and poltergeist, you and I probably are going to separate right then and there and go our separate ways, more than likely. Uh, I, you know, the, 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 the glowing orbs for sure, too. I mean, I've seen the glowing orbs. So um, it, it is crazy. So, all right, that's where the timeline thing comes in. But before we get to the timeline, let's have a little questions. No, no I'm just kidding. We're not going to do any um, Q&A. I wanted to know what Jamie ChatGPT said when I asked him, what is Skinwalker Ranch and what's really going on there? And so there might be some spoiler alerts here, what I just say, but it's very brief. He's only got one, two, three, four, five paragraphs, and they're pretty short. So, Jamie ChatGPT, what do you say? Well, he says, Skinwalker Ranch is a property located in Uintah County, Utah, USA, known for its supposed paranormal activities and unexplained phenomena. The property has been the site of numerous reported sightings of UFOs, cryptids, and other strange phenomena. The ranch was originally owned by Terry and Gwen Sherman, which, by the way, are not. They have been. It was owned by them, no question. But there's previous owners to this. Anyways. Sorry, Jim. Jimmy, Chad, GPT, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, who purchased it in 1994. They reported experiencing strange and unexplained phenomena on the property, such as poltergeist activity, mutilated cattle, and sightings of strange creatures. In 1996, the ranch was sold to a, a businessman by the name of Robert Bigelow. Now, the reason I was just kind of going slow a little bit there is because I don't want to give too much of it away. I know I have some spoilers. Let me just check what he says really quick. Let me pause you guys for a second. Okay, I think we're in good hands. I'm just not going to read, I think, the last sentence, so remind me. All right, so... Um, purchased by Robert Bigelow, who conducted extensive research on the property and funded a scientific study of the phenomena there. They, he loves using phenomena, I got to say. The research team report, I'm talking about Jamie ChatGPT, by the way. The research team reported experiencing strange electromagnetic activity, unexplained lights and objects in the sky, and encounters with strange creatures. Despite the extensive research conducted on the property, the exact nature of the phenomena... We should probably have, maybe do bingo card here for something for that. At Skinwalker Ranch remains a mystery. Some theories suggest that the ranch may be a portal to another dimension or an interdimensional hotspot. Well, I say let's fucking go. Others speculate that the phenomena, bingo, may be related to extraterrestrial activity or government experimentation. I actually prefer the former. The latter, they always have to have their nose in something, but... You know, they got their nose in everything. Check your counts, check your pocketbooks, check everything. They have their fingers in everything, right? However, there is no concrete evidence to support any of these theories in the phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch remains unexplained. All right. Well, thank you, Jamie Chat GPT, for at least giving us an extreme brief of what Skywalker Ranch or Skywalker. That's hey, that we should do bingo for that too. Skinwalker Ranch and what's going on there. Mine's going to be a little bit more extensive. You imagine if that was it. Like, hey, all right, show's over. Good to go. Thank you, Jamie, Chat, GPT. Thank you guys for joining us. I will catch you guys later. And I will, well, it was what? I always talk at you guys later. And then I'd be out. Man, that'd be crazy. Short ass podcast. And you guys wouldn't have any questions. I mean, that would answer them all. All right. So, 
Um, thank you, Jamie. Chat GPT, as we continue here, if we have any questions, stand by, please, my man. All right, so the timeline. So I wanted to go briefly with the timeline. It's I, I kind of find it pretty, I don't know, um, quite fascinating the years anyways it's it's gonna go by uh kind of uh, you know yeah quickly relatively quickly all right so actually the a timeline of the legendary and i'm reading here off the website a timeline of the legendary history of skinwalker ranch i almost called this skywalker learn more about the people places and folklore that have surrounded the property for hundreds of years that's more like it that means that it's not the sherman family only all right so Put it this way. Here it is. 1776. All right. That's quite a while ago. The Dominicus and Escalante expedition travels through Mighton along Skinwalker Ridge. That's 1776. In 1789, treaty broken between Utes. Utes. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Maybe, uh, Jamie Chat GPT. How do I pronounce uh, the UTET reservation? It is U Reservation. Ute Reservation. Sorry, I put uh, reservation in there, so, so he gave me reservation as well. I'm reading it like like I've never fucking seen the word before. Reservation. Um, <laughs> that was not uh, reservation. Oh yeah, that's reservation. I love how it clicked at the end. Ute. I guess that all that is. The Ute part is pronounced as Ute with a long U sound. So Ute Reservation established. So treaty in 1789. Treaty. Thank you, Jamie ChatGPT, by the way. Sorry. Treaty broken between Utes and Navajo. In 1860, which, I mean, that's quite a long time later. Uh, 1860, Northern Utah. Ute, Ute, sorry, see, I'm already, it's because it's U-T-E, so I'm used to pronouncing that. Northern Ute Reservation established by presidential decree in 1860. The Utes, Utes, that's <laughs> just when you look at it and pronounce it, it's different. Utes join U.S. troops in campaign against Navajo Skinwalker Curse. Interesting. I see, I haven't actually read these. I just thought that was fascinating, and I just kind of wanted to go over them at the same time because this is a lot of history. So um, I, found, I, I just found it very interesting. In 1880, 20 years later, several Browns, several Browns, but <laughs> fuck, that's bad, right? Uh, <laughs> that's what I meant. Several bands of Ute, Ute tribes are relocated by the U.S. government onto the reservation surrounding Skinwalker Ranch. Um, that sounds like their normal dick-ass move, <clears throat> which is not shocking, unfortunately. Um, yeah, U.S. government. Right. Anyways, let's not get into that because, oh, fuck. Uh, it, it, so that's just 20 years later, so that's not much. You know, and they joined the U.S. troops in this campaign. So that happens in 1880 then when they're relocated on the, you know, surrounding the the Skinwalker, which is, you know, probably something they're completely, completely petrified of. 
1886, Buffalo soldiers are stationed at Fort Duchesne, one of whom is known as Mason and may have connection to the Masonic symbols seen etched into a rock wall. Same year in 1886, the U.S. military finalizes construction of a fort in Fort Duchesne. Uh, 1906, newspaper reports, quote, strange noises from homesteaders in the Uintah Basin. Wow, that's weird. In 1937, so that's quite a a few years later, purchase an assemblage by Myers, or probably Mayer's family. We'll go by Meyer. M-Y-E-R-S. So now... That's what I'm saying. The Sherman owners, yes, they they had it, but that's who had it since 1937. It was bought by the Myers family. Uh, From 1940 to 1960, Pat Stringham reports both UFO and Skinwalker activity. Now in 1979, Arnold family owners hilltop witness ufo craft i don't know what owner's hilltop is jamie chat gpt can you check that really quick well um jamie chat gpt has no idea and um apparently neither does google so and i'm not going to keep typing in i asked who was the arnold family and what was the hilltop thing that they own which i, I can understand is quite quite much of a vague and broad question however i am talking about skinwalker ranch so in all honesty they said you know ChatGPT usually continues that same conversation along the same topic so um obviously he was confused he was unable to provide any accurate answer to my question because there's so many places named hilltop and the family name with the surname arnold surname arnold uh, it wants me to provide more information, but hey, we only have an hour for this thing, and I'm halfway through. So, okay, anyway, thanks anyway, Jimmy Chat GPT, you son of a bitch. Um, anyways, as we as we continue, um, family owner, uh, Arnold Family Owners Hilltop, witness UFO air or you aircraft. Well, I guess so, UFO craft. So that was in 1979. In 1992, there we go, the Sherman family acquires a ranch from Garth Myers. In 1996, um, oh, they must have been family. Maybe maybe just uh, neighbors or something like that. In 1996, so Sherman family acquires a ranch in 1992. By 1996, um, they already sell it, and this guy by the name of Robert Bigelow acquires the property and that's a guy with the nids 1996 to 2002 national institute for discovery of science program operating on the property in 1996 to 2013 nids and baass program activities uh 19 in 2015 bigelow activities conclude and then it's basically sold and purchased by somebody else. And I will go into that a little bit later. But the Bigelow activities concluded in 2015. They did for 10 years after millions of dollars. He was, we'll go into a little bit more in detail. And basically they came up with nothing. All right, so let's move on before we go ahead and, and destroy more, you know, give out more spoilers. 
So history of Skinwalker Ranch, the Utes and the Navajo. The earliest known inhabitants of this land played a big part in its obvious name. The property lies on land traditionally inhabited by the Ute tribe, but the term Skinwalker comes from Navajo legend and translates to, by means of it, it goes on all fours. I, I had to pause there for a second because you probably know where I'm going with this. Skinwalker. It goes on all fours. I hey, I listen. If you're thinking the way I'm thinking, congrats. You're a degenerate too. In Navajo culture, as it we we as we proceed, in Navajo culture, skinwalkers are evil witches with the ability to shapeshift into any animal or human. The skinwalker legend is not well understood outside of Navajo culture. But what little is known about it by outsiders is enough to inspire scary stories of all varieties. And I'm sure we all have that. In Spanish, we have La Llorona y el Cucuy, you know, things like that, you know. So we all have, I'm sure cultures have our very, you know, crazy stories that a lot of people still believe are real. And there's nothing real. No, like, I'm not laughing about the Navajo. That's that's just the that's how it is. And I'm sure there's a lot of them that still believe in that. Um, I, you know, I actually, I'm actually happy about the fact that us culture, our cultures have these. Now, as a kid, you're frightened to death and maybe some adults are too, you know? Uh, but I think it just, it, it brings this, I don't know, this, this different perspective of a culture of, of, of a feeling that there's things, certain things you'll never forget. And it brings you back to that moment, that age and that fear where you're like, wow, I remember that. I just find it fascinating. I think it's great that we do have things like that. Uh, be it, it's, it's not, you know, not the greatest thing because it is scary as shit in some cases, whatever stories may be. But I still think that it's very important that we have those. And there's a lot to be said about that. And, and it really... Brings up great storytelling, great idea. I don't know. I, I think I think it's fantastic. And as a kid, if you don't have any of that, I think it's missing a big part of life, possibly even a little bit of development. Uh, that, but that's my opinion. I don't know. I, I you know. Anyways, um, so yeah, it's enough to inspire scary stories of all varieties. Of course, one such story involves the Ute tribe. The legend goes that during time of hostility between the Utes and Navajos, members of the Navajo decided to unleash skinwalkers upon their enemies. And those skinwalkers still stock the land today. All right. So, you know, again, it's getting a little worrisome out there. Uh, okay. So the next is basically the paranormal reputation. And uh, we'll go into this uh, right now. Uh, um, we'll go into a little bit of the ownership here right after this. But uh, the paranormal reputation for Skinwalker Ranch, well, the ranch located in, as we say, West Uintah County, it actually borders uh, Uintah and Oray, which I probably am sure I'm pronouncing that completely wrong, so I apologize, Indian Reservation, was popular, popularly dubbed the UFO Ranch due to its ostensible 50-year-old history of odd events said to have taken place there, which they 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 do sound quite fascinating. Oh, hold on. Little man wants to come in. Yes, little man. Hold on. Okay, yeah. Little man was uh, yelling at me. And so I had to go see what was going on. And um, 
he just wanted to be part of the show for a second. Now I had it pause so you didn't hear him, but he might come back. He's when he went back out for a little bit. He knows uh, dad is working. All right. So anyways, <clears throat> where were we after we were rudely interrupted? <laughs> um, events that have taken place there, which I was going to say just sounds kind of fascinating to me, honestly. So according to Keller and Knapp, which we had talked about, we touched on them briefly about uh, being authors. They, uh, According to them, they saw or investigated evidence of close to 100 incidents that include vanishing and mutilated cattle, sightings of unidentified flying objects, which would have been easier to just say UFOs, or orbs, large animals with piercing red eyes. Remember, we kind of touched this last episode with piercing red eyes that say were unscathed unscathed when struck by bullets which listen i guess there's again there's times where it's just like ah you know like ufos yeah um animals with piercing red eyes unscathed by bullets yeah and invisible objects emitting destructive magnetic fields i can even get behind that among those involved were retired Army Colonel John B. Alexander, who characterized the NIDS effort as an attempt to get hard data using a standard scientific approach, he says. However, the investigators admitted to difficulty obtaining evidence consistent with scientific publication. So in other words, that's when uh, that came into, they didn't find shit in 2015, obviously, right? That's kind of what it comes down to. Uh, cattle mutilations have been part, as we know this a little bit now, have been part of folklore of the surrounding area for decades. So when NIDS, NIDS founder Robert Bigelow purchased a ranch for, remember this is 500 acres, right? A little over 500 acres. Yes, I know it's back in 1996, um, but still, purchased a ranch for $200,000. Wow. This was reportedly the result of, of his ha having been convinced by the stories of mutilations. The result of his having been convinced. I just didn't read right there for a second. By the stories of mutilations the, that included tales of strange lights and unusual impressions made in grass and soil told by the family of former ranch owner Terry Sherman. Quite interesting. All right, so um, that kind of tells you a little bit of what happened, what they've seen and the paranormal activity that has happened there a little bit. And um, I mean, you imagine if you're there and you're in, and that's your shit and that's your place, things start going a little crazy. I, I would say, yeah, it's a little fucking scary at that point. Some people would be like, I'm out this bitch. You never know. I mean, and were they smoking anything? Who Who knows, right? I mean, I haven't. I must have not been doing the, the right shit yet because I haven't I haven't hallucinated yet. Oh, by the way, we'll get into that a little bit later. Not not me smoking anything or hallucinating or anything like that. I'm just talking about the word hallucination and how that comes into play a little bit later. <clears throat> All right. So. I know we briefly just kind of went over the timeline this goes in slightly more detail, not crazy enough that's going to fucking bore us to death, but at least it'll give you a, a little bit more of an idea of the people that owned it. Okay, so uh, ownership. 
1930, from 1934 to 1994, Kenneth and Edith Myers. The idea of shape-shifting witches in the present day, you and Ta Basin might be hard for some to believe, but not for the Sherman family who purchased the ranch in 1994 with the intention of settling down and relaxing their new country home. So not much about Kenneth and Edith Myers. Maybe, hey, Chad, Jimmy, Chad, fucking goddamn it. Jamie Chat GPT, can you just check on that for me really quick? Oh, man. I that took a second because I had to put fucking Jamie Chat GPT in his place. He's uh he's been slacking off a little bit here today. And um I had to have a little uh little quick uh I don't want to say discussion. I just I had to I had to check him a little bit, all right? Because my research and that I have done, yes, I'm not doing months of research but enough to, to for me to know certain things check different articles and they all line up even the skinwalker ranch website itself and i did say skinwalker right so uh 1934 to 1994 kenneth and edith myers here's what i asked jamie chat gpt first who were the owners of skinwalker ranch that were ken and edith myers this is this is what he tells me I'm sorry, but Ken and Edith Myers were not the owners of Skinwalker Ranch. The original owners of Skinwalker Ranch were Terry and Gwen Sherman, who purchased the property in 1994. The property was later sold to businessman Robert Bigelow in 1996. While Ken and Edith Myers are a real couple who have been involved in paranormal research and have investigated the phenomena at Skinwalker Ranch, they were not the owners of the property. They have written books about the research and experiences at the ranch, and their work has contributed to the popularization of Skinwalker Ranch and its reputation for paranormal activity. All right, so remember that ChatGPT, which is Jamie basically, has been known to give wrong information quite often, and it's getting better, it's getting better. And I actually haven't really had to deal with this so much, and now I kind of question credibility from jamie chat gpt here a little bit son of a damn it i mean and maybe maybe you guys may feel about that about the podcast but listen um i luckily i knew about that because if not i would have believed him here but i because i've known this i said here's my response i didn't like the way jamie chat gpt responded to me that way you guys ever hear about uh it's 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 not what you say but how you say it well (laughs) I I took that a little bit personal. So I said, Jamie ChatGPT, I said, you are wrong. They own Skinwalker Ranch from 1934 to 1994. Check your facts. You want to hear his response? I will tell you after this episode, after this break. I'm kidding. I apologize for the confusion in my previous response. You are correct. Which, hey, they always say, so everything gets old eventually. I'll tell you what doesn't ever get old is being correct. <laughs> All right. You are correct that Ken and Edith Myers were the owners of Skinwalker Ranch prior to Terry and Gwen Sherman. The Myers family owned the ranch from 1934 to 1994, and they reportedly experienced a range of strange and unexplained phenomena on the property, including encounters with UFOs and other unusual sightings. Now, that's going to come into a little bit of a question later on in this research that I have found. I I believe I do have it in my notes, but we'll come back to it uh, as far as that goes. Because from what I understand, I don't know if the Myers actually did experience anything. But anyways, I'm not going to go into that right now. But in the end, at least, Jamie ChatGPT said, 
I apologize for the error in my previous response and any confusion it may have caused. Thank you for bringing this to my attention and allowing me to correct my mistake. Bam. I love it. I love it. When, hey, as we always say, when you make a mistake, nothing wrong to, to man up. Just own the, own the mistake. It shows a lot of character and shows, hey, I guess I'm not a charlatan. All right. So um, there you have it. Uh, all right, so from 1994 to 1996, the Shermans owned it, okay? So the idea of shape, and as it goes on to say, the idea of shape-shifting witches in the present day Utah Basin might be hard for some to believe, as we said. I, I know I'm repeating part of this, sorry. But not for the Sherman family who purchased the ranch in 1994 with the intention of settling down and relaxing in their new country home. So if that sounds like the beginning of a horror movie, well, it's for good reason. The Shermans experienced a lot of spooky, what they call here, goings-on. <laughs> goings-ons. Goings-ons. Goings-ons or goings-ons. Whatever. A lot of spooky shit. Let's put it that way. During their time at the ranch, most notably with something matching the description of a skinwalker. Some naked dude running around with a boner. I don't know. Again, my mind. Sorry. Anyways, I, I know. We're like diving a little deep into this and I'm... Busting out naked jokes. Okay, so um, most notably with uh, experience matching this description of Skinwalker Ranch. One night, I love when it starts like this, one night. But of course, it's such a short story, but I still like this. All right? So one night, uh, lights down. Let's dim. Let's, let's put this in the mood. Little fire, and here we go. One night, Terry Sherman heard a noise outside and was startled to see a wolf in his yard. One much, much larger than any he had ever seen before. Terry grabs his shotgun from inside, goes out, runs out, loads that thing, fucking racks it, and shot the wolf several times. But his bullets appeared to do no damage at all. Zero. And all, although the wolf did take off eventually, it tracks disappeared entirely as Terry chased it as if it had simply vanished into thin air. Yeah. Um, maybe? I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I know what I think. I think Terry was smoking some good shit. But um, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, all right. So he goes on to say, could it have... Could it have been an ancient skinwalker that scared them that night? One thing's for certain, it was far from the only scare the Shermans got during their time there. During their years at the ranch, they reported seeing various kinds of flashing lights and mysterious objects in the sky, strange circles in their fields, and mysterious voices floating overhead and countless cattle mutilations. Unlike the family movies, though, of, of horror, the Shermans actually decided to dump the property before it was too late. They sold the ranch in 1996, just two years after they bought it. For 200K! Wow. I'd have... Man. You'd only know, right? Uh, all right. So that brings us to 1996. And from 1996 to 2016, we have Robert Bigelow and NIDS comes into the picture at this point so as this says who would be stupid enough to buy a haunted ranch i that's their thing i don't think that's stupid i think that's fantastic so who would buy a haunted ranch 
someone with a lot of money who's into that kind of thing, of course. And Robert Bigelow was, I guess, very much into something like that. So just a year earlier, in 1995, he had founded the National Institute of Discovery Science to fund research on UFOs and the paranormal. So obviously he was way into that. Perfect person, in my opinion, to buy something like this. A ranch that's perfect and is fitting. It was probably like a kid in a candy store. Uh, goes on to say the Sherman's Nightmare Ranch was Bigelow's playground, as I just kind of said. And in 1996, the eccentric millionaire bought Skinwalker Ranch and made it a research hub for NIDS. Of course, one of the main points that skeptics will make about Skinwalker is that most of the evidence for paranormal activity on the ranch comes from who else? The Shermans. Now, I myself don't believe that they're selling it for this reason. But anyways, I don't want to say too much, but I, I, I don't think that was the case. But here he goes. As it continues, who sold the ranch to a millionaire known for his interest in UFO research. Could they have faked cow mutilations and invented tales of wolfmen to entice Bigelow or another buyer? I myself wouldn't think so. 200 fucking K. Think about that. All right. Think about that. And here it is right here. As it moves on, because this is exactly what I thought, but I'm glad that this was in my notes and that this came up in, in some of the research that I had made. It's an interesting theory, however. The Shermans didn't exactly milk Bigelow for all he was, for all he was worth. And it's true. I mean, if he's a millionaire, why are you going to sell it for 200K? There's no way. They sold the ranch for around $200,000, which was an average price for a home in that day, and certainly a very low one for a 500-acre ranch. So there's no way. They would have fucking sold it for four or five times that amount if they really were trying to rip homeboy off. I think they were just scared as fuck, and they were like, let's, let's get out of here. Their behavior seems less in line with people trying to turn a profit and more like folks who were trying to just get the hell out of there. A hundred percent. So I definitely go with that all day. So now that begs a that begs a question of what did Bigelow and NIDS find? Well, if they found any definitive world-changing evidence of UFOs or alien life. They kept it to themselves, which I seriously doubt because basically they didn't find shit as far as as far as scientific evidence is what they you know were actually looking for. Now, they may have seen something, but as actually finding hard evidence, that's that's where kind of we're talking about. So what they did find that we know of was much the same as a Sherman's uh, NDSI. NIDS, sorry, researchers have shared stories of mysterious creatures with otherworldly eyes that shone through the dark. They also found cattle mutilations, including one that occurred in broad daylight, less than an hour after they had seen the cow alive and healthy. This was also noteworthy because there was a complete lack of blood surrounding the cow, even though it had been almost completely disemboweled. I mean... You know, you know, you can take pictures of that, but you you can't take a pictures of, you know, the, the, so much of before. So it's just pretty crazy. I, again, yeah, they, obviously they did see some stuff, but they weren't able to actually have the evidence, unfortunately. 
So then it goes on to say, NIDS, this is stories, definitely add to the mystery of Skinwalker Ranch. Did I say Skywalker last time? <laughs> Skinwalker? I probably did the last couple times. But this was years of research and millions in funding. You might expect something more than just that, which is 100% true. I mean, you would think, right? Well, their lack of evidence couldn't serve as evidence itself. On many occasions, their expensive audio and visual equipment failed to capture what several witnesses had clearly seen, from large mysterious animals to flying orbs in the sky, which the technology now, the advancement, even from 2016 to now, just has multiplied, you know? Um, but I don't think they went on all the way to 2016, but I'm just saying, like, it has to have happened, like, that's a lot, you know? Um, the, the technology is, would, would be on another level even then. Uh, so NIDS disbanded in 2004, but maintained ownership of the property until 2016. So they must've just only worked on their stuff till 2004. Yeah. Cause I think they said roughly 10 years. So if he bought it in 1996, 2004, they probably stopped around 2006, I think. Um, which kind of sucks, you know? But part of it is, you know, I, I would say kind of part of it is, don't you, to me anyway, would like to kind of keep it a mystery because what happens when you find out how a magic trick is done? Everything that you were excited about not only just goes away, but makes it absolutely... Uh, juvenile should i say where it takes more than the mad i mean it, it takes more than the just the mysteriousness away the the awe the climactic feeling it takes the magic no pun intended but it takes the magic away so do we really want that to go away i don't know i mean unless it really does fucking happen like i think i think aliens for real but other stuff uh, so, so when Skinwalker finally did change hands, it was passed off to a group that would experience a lot of the same anomalies, anomalies and frustrations as NIDS did. All right. So now I didn't want to go into the 2000, what was it? Um, uh, 16, you know, we remember we started the timeline of 2015, which they sold in 2016 and that's what we'll go into here as 2016 to present. All right. Uh, that would happen is a company, a real estate company by the name of Adamantium Real Estate Company, which I would think must be a huge Wolverine fan and loves Marvel Comics, uh, buy Skinwalker Ranch from Robert Bigelow. That didn't say how much, so who knows? At least I couldn't find it. So in 2016... Bigelow sold the ranch to a buyer who wished to remain anonymous. That's why it's only Adamantium Real Estate for a whopping four years. I don't know what he means, but oh, anonymous for a whopping four years. I was like, whopping money was. All right. So he wished to remain anonymous for four years. Well, Adamantium Real Estate uh, Inc. Uh, and buyer is uh, by a, uh, a gentleman by the name of Brandon, I would say Fugel or Fugel, Fugel, I don't know. Anyways, we'll call him Brandon Fugel. Uh, 
a Utah real estate module module announced in 2020 that he was the mysterious owner and that the History Channel would be recording a reality TV show on the property titled The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, now I see why I haven't watched the show because it's reality TV and I don't watch that fucking trash. Give me a fucking documentary or a docu-series that's like legit. The reality TV show, you just, you fucking lost me. I check out on that shit. Okay, so the show portrays, the show portrays Fugel's uh, attempts to bring scientific approaches to the mysteries surrounding the ranch. Surrounded by a team of experts in a range of scientific disciplines as, well, yeah, this guy by the name of Dragon Scientist, uh, Security, I, I, don't, I don't care. I'm not going to, some idiot named Dragon, please. Uh, Fugold seeks answers to the questions that he and countless others have asked over the years. If it sounds a lot like NIDS, that's because, well, it is. In reality, TV, unfortunately for those guys, it just wasn't popular in 1996. Pop, fortunate for us, unfortunate for them, because they probably would have made a shit ton of money. So in 2022, Fugel announced a partnership with the Hutchins Museum Institute in Lehigh, Utah, designed to, what he says, or quote, better understand the environment and historical significance, end quote, of the ranch. Well, like so many investigators before them, the current occupants of Skinwalker Ranch have found more questions than answers. And why does electronic equipment seem to malfunction on the ranch? Well, maybe because it's a reality show. <clears throat> just just a fucking shot there. Um, why have so many occupants reported unexplained illnesses? And why does the indescribable feelings of strangeness they feel on the ranch seem to follow them home? Is that in the script or no? I'm, I'm curious. All right. That being said, I'm st I still do believe the stuff in, in Skywalker Ranch. But the reality show shit, you lose me on that. Um, all right. So, holy shit, I think we're only halfway. All right, well, I don't even know where we're at here. I think we're probably running, as usual, a little long. I apologize. And yes, we are. All right, so, Fugle buying Skinwalker Ranch. Jamie, you still, uh, Jamie ChatGPT, you still over there? Wait, all right, good. All right, so, uh, Skinwalker Ranch is the most scientifically studied paranormal hotspot on the planet with the highest frequency of documented UFO sightings, bizarre cattle mutilations, electromagnetic anomalies, and unexplained phenomena. Um, sorry, I was looking at some. Which is what Brandon Fugel had said, the guy who bought it in 2016. Fugel, a real estate tycoon who initially bought, you know, initially bought the property through a shell company wanting to keep his identity a secret. He says, I acquired the property from billionaire Robert Bigelow for the purpose of conducting scientific research to determine if there was any validity to the extraordinary claims of paranormal activity. Um, so he, say, he, keep, he goes on to say, although I acquired the ranch as a skeptic, I eventually had my own undeniable close encounter, a UFO sighting in broad daylight with multiple witnesses. Asked whether he purchased Skinwalker Ranch to make money off the paranormal claims, he replies, I have yet to put a penny in my pocket personally regarding this endeavor, he says. In addition, I never intended to reveal my identity as an owner requiring strict confidentiality agreements and liability waivers. 
He goes on to say, I kept my identity as the owner secret until being persuaded to go public in connection with the History Channel docuseries and ongoing investigation. Cha-ching! That's what that means. And who's to blame the man? I, I'm all for capitalism, so I'm not hating on them for that. I think it's a good move, and I'd have done the same thing. All right, so here's a question that we kind of went over and maybe are wondering now and maybe didn't believe the one before. But the question I think maybe I know that I definitely had and I don't know if you guys had is, did the Shermans create stories to sell the ranch? Well, skeptics, of course, are going to have you think different things. I, again, gave you my opinion and, and my piece to it. And here's what I have found and what I have read. Skeptics of Skinwalker Ranch are many. It goes on to say, one of the most prominent Robert Schaefer, so one of the most prominent Robert Schaefer, previously pointed out that the claims of paranormal activity began just before a family that owned the ranch was, pe- was preparing to sell it to Bigelow. The founder of, of course, NDIC, a privately financed research organization. As we already know, Bigelow had bought it to investigate UFO sightings at the ranch. But after a decade of observations, the team gave up the ghost. That's what that guy kind of says. And that's how it kind of goes on. Well, the criticism by, you know, according to Robert Schaefer is the phenomenon. This is, quote, the phenomenon. And and, and this might be where, let me see, is this is this a good part that I was kind of curious about? No, no, this is not it. This is not it. Okay. Oh, remember the keyword hallucinations? All right. So the phenomenon at Skinwalker is almost certainly illusory. Illusory. I would say illusionary, but I guess I'm not, I'm not good at English. Not only was the several years long mon- monitoring of Skinwalker by NIDS unable to obtain proof of anything unusual happening, but also the people who own the property, okay, Remember this, okay, here's the contradiction a little bit, right? Remember what Jamie ChatGPT had said earlier? Now, should I question this? I'm not sure. I'm curious. But here it is. Um, <clears throat> the people who owned the property prior to the Shermans, a family whose members lived there 60 years, deny that any mysterious phenomena of any kind occurred there. That's what that guy Schaefer says, the critic. The par, uh, parsimonious explanation is that the supernatural claims about the ranch were made up by the Sherman family prior to selling it to the gullible Bigelow. That's quotes, end quote. Schaefer wrote that many of the more extraordinary claims originally solely from Terry Sherman, who worked as a caretaker after the ranch was sold to Bigelow. It goes on for uh, another word here uh in 1996 uh, i guess by a guy by the name of james randy let's see what james randy james randy uh canadian american stage magician i guess author and scientific skeptic oh that's a good start who extensively challenged paranormal and pseudoscientific claims he was a co-founder of the committee of skeptical inquiry and csi is funny okay That's that's what it is. Uh, okay. The founder of the James Randi Educational Foundation, Randy began his career as a magician under the stage name The Amazing Randy. Wow, that's fucking whoo. Put some thought into that one. Um, 
Very clever. And later chose to devote most of his time to investigating paranormal, occult, and supernatural claims, which he collectively called woo-woo. Randy retired from the practicing magic at age 60 and from his foundation at 87. All right, that was the thing. I'm not going to go. He has a couple more things. So I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a backstory on James Randy. So in 1996, skeptic James Randy awarded Bigelow a Pegasus Award. Not Pegasus, Pegasus, P-I-G-A-S-U-S, which is basically the name of an annual tongue-in-cheek, basically what like that, what that movie, the the dumb award for the dumbest person. What was it? I I know um Paul Rudd and Steve Carell were in that. Anyway, award that was presented by noted skeptic James Randi. The award seeks to expose parapsychological, paranormal, and psychic frauds that Randy had noted over the previous year. Randy usually made his announcements of the awards from the previous year on April 1st, April Fool's Day, which I'm sure um, it was probably him and five other people of his cohorts probably there, kind of like the Dundee Awards. It's probably very much something like that. Nobody really gives a shit what it is, and it's not really that real. Um so he awarded Bigelow the Pegasus Award for funding the purchase of the ranch and supporting John E. Max and Bud Hopkins investigations. The award category designated Bigelow as, quote, the funding organization that supported the most useless study of a supernatural, paranormal, or occult. Wow. I guess he uh, didn't really uh, mix mince words there a little bit, right? <clears throat> Bud Hopkins, I guess, was an American artist, author, and uh, ufologist. That's interesting. I didn't know there was an actual term for people that investigate UFOs or believe in them and so forth. He was a prominent figure in, in alien abduction phenomena and related UFO research. Hmm, good to know. So that's what Johnny Mac did. Man, that almost sounds like Johnny. What's up, Johnny Mac? Johnny Mac. Yeah was an American psychiatrist, writer, and professor, and the head of the Department of Psychiatry, Psychiatry, sorry, Psychiatry, Psychiatry at Harvard Medical School. In 1977, Mack won the Pulitzer Prize for his book, A Prince of Our Disorder, um, on T.E. T. Lawrence. Uh, so, okay. Um, his clinical expertise was in child uh, psychology, adolescent psychology, and psychology of religion. He was known as a leading researcher on the psychology of teenage suicide and drug addiction, and he later became a researcher in the psychology of alien abduction experiences. And so the guy had some clout, and at least he was helping real mental issues, which that's actually a good thing. So good on him. All right, so that was uh, Robert Schaefer. So um, obviously, and Randy, uh, James Randy, who obviously hate science it sounds like um okay so we go on to go on with we go on to ufos the pentagon and a move to the mainstream yes all right so the idea of ufo sightings was largely seen as quirky for decades as I, I i don't know if you guys know that i know that that was the case for years People who claimed to have had encounters with them were often dismissed and ridiculed. I remember that all the time, even in shows. Even, I mean, it, I think recently that has changed, actually. Uh, this has slowly started to shift, however. The release of Pentagon document, documents about UFO sightings that show there was an effort to keep track and record unexplained events. And record unexplained events. Sorry, let's, let's read that fucking sentence again. 
because, um, you know, I just learned English a couple of years ago. This was slowly started to, sh this has, let's try this again. <laughs> this has slowly started to shift, however, with the release of Pentagon documents about UFO sightings that show there was an effort to keep track and record unexplained events. UFOs does not mean aliens. It just means unidentified flying objects because you see a car doesn't mean humans, even if it's driving, which now is true because there's a lot of driverless cars. The U.S. government also set up the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena UAP Task Force in 2020 as part of the Office of Naval Intelligence to standardize and collect information about UAP sightings. It said the task force would be examining unauthorized aircraft where the observer cannot immediately identify that he or she is observing or what he or she is observing, which is pretty interesting. I did. I have heard of UAP a little bit, but uh, never really still remembered exactly what it was. Um, man, sorry, I am going way over for you guys. I apologize. Uh, all right. So, um, where was I? My bad. All right. Uh, the Department of Defense established the UAPTF to improve its understanding of and gain insight into the nature of and origins of UAPs, it said. The mission of the task force is to detect, analyze, and catalog UAPs that could potentially pose a threat to U.S. national security, which now there's an article on that that's, that the government uh, official just said we have to look out for for U.S., like, not, not just the U.S., but global threats from outside Earth, all right? Outside Earth. In June 2021, NASA Chief, NASA Chief Bill Nelson told CNN, ugh, CNN um, that he did not think UFO sightings were a case of optical illusions. He said that while he does not think UFOs are aliens visiting Earth, he says, I think I would know. Um, the, sightings uh, uh, the sightings reported by Navy pilots are a mystery. Well, I don't think you'd know. Because you're chief of NASA and you guys been trying to fucking land and, bow, uh, and, and have rockets fucking go out and land this and that. And Musk did it in a fucking eighth of the time you guys did. He goes on to say... We don't know if it's extraterrestrial. We don't know if it's enemy. If it's an enemy, we don't know if it's an optical phenomenon. He says, "We don't think it's an op we don't think it's an optical phenomenon because of the characteristics that those navy jet pilots describe." And so the bottom line is, we want to know. Wow. What what a, what a bottom line. Yeah. Okay, Chief Bill Nelson. Um man. Um so in other words, he doesn't know shit. All right. So who believes in UFOs? Who believes in UFOs? Whew. We're down to the stretch. My, my people, my people, bear with me, bear with me. Should we do another 10 minutes? Yes, I think we should. All right, so who believes in UFOs? Greg, I'm just going to say Greg E. Because I don't know what the how the hell his last name is. Greg E., professor of history at Penn State University, studies the history of UFO sightings and claims of alien contact, all right? For a long time now, most people have been aware 
that UFOs carry in tow with them a legacy of speculations bordering on the fantastic, the incredible. Okay. Oh, I got to get a little more comfortable here. Oh, sorry, Jamie. Oh. oh, this is very interesting, I think. Oh. All right. Um, he told Newsweek. So when someone says they saw a UFO, it seems, to many at least, to imply that the witnesses must be buying into all of those speculations, no matter how outlandish they might be. Thus, a leap in thinking, an assumption is often made, attributing all sorts of unconventional beliefs to witnesses, even if they themselves don't share those views. Don't fall asleep on me, Jamie Chat GPT. Greggy said, scientists are trained to be skeptical about speculative theories and the reliability of human judgment. They tend to believe knowledge occurs incrementally by and large scientists, and this is his quote, by and large scientists believe that time needs to be taken to investigate claims, to not get caught up in the fads and hype, and to let the data speak for itself over time. And and, and that's true. And I, you know, talk to physicists and that's really how they think a lot of times. As a result, scientific scientific research into UFOs is something of a non-starter. Um, a, an academic survey, uh, academic surveys about the people who see UFO sightings have been carried out. However, from the seventies and eighties, a picture started to emerge. People who said they had seen UFOs tended to have a, had a higher education were white male and middle-class, which I have no idea what that means or what it has to do with, but that's what they're saying. A group that has also historically dominated UFO organizations is what Greggy said. Uh, he goes on to say, studies conducted since around 1970 have tended to show that many of those who express a desire and willingness to believe have intersected interest in other paranormal phenomena and, and or in alternative religious experiences, he said. This seems to indicate an openness on their part to the unconventional. On the other side of things, skeptics have historically seen social and political dangers in embracing what they see as baseless superstitious beliefs well that's a lot that he fucking has to say um he also keeps on he says one more thing particularly during the cold war skeptics often made the argument that nazi germany and stalinist russia were arresting examples of what could happen when people blindly accepted extravagant claims uncritically which doesn't sound like it was a good thing for them I don't know. I I put that down and I still, and I even read it and I, it still just doesn't make sense completely. But that's what he says to believe in UFOs. I think people believe in UFOs have seen the shit and is, and is fucking for real. And there's, I think there's vibes out there. There's feelings I think people get. So what's recently happened on Skywalker Ranch? Well, part of it is to say it's the latest season, but there's a little bit more to that. But it starts off as the latest season on Skinwalker Ranch sees investigators examine anomalies in the sky about a mile above what they call the Triangle Area, which you can actually see even on their site. They have a map on there. The team invites former members of the U.S. military connected to what they call the Tic Tac UAP, and they simulate a phenomenon so it appears above the ranch. Travis Taylor, the scientist involved in the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, told Newsweek he got involved in the program through mutual connections with Fugle. 
We've found there is absolutely some type of strange phenomenon or phenomena taking place that generate microwaves, radio waves, gamma ray radiation, the Hulk, man, the Hulk, it's got to be Bruce Banner, it's Bruce Banner, ground vibrations, UAP slash UFO appearances, strange sounds, and many other things that we simply can't explain. And I can go with that. Again, I lived very close to Area 51 for a long time. I saw some fucking crazy shit. And not always when I was fucking drunk or oftentimes when I was sober. It's a trip, man. And you don't even think about it. And at first, and for the longest time, I actually didn't believe it for the longest time. Then I started seeing shit and I was like, ooh. Uh, after a while, you really can't argue with your eyes when you're sober and you've seen it multiple times. And you make sure you're recording your mind like, no way, am I really seeing this? There is not a singular explanation. Or, yeah, it is possible that there are, I guess what they call bad human actors causing some of this. But there is a lot of it that the technology just doesn't exist that couldn't explain it. That could explain it. Sorry. There is a lot of it that the technology just doesn't exist that could explain it. Okay, fair enough. I have no current work in hypothesis, he says, that can be experimentally tested. So we think uh, of things we can test and, and just do that. So when he asked about the skepticism most scientists uh, would have regarding Skywalker Ranch, um, Taylor uh, said his peers can either, quote, follow the scientific method or ignore a part of the world universe around them, end quote, which is true. I think it's fair enough. And... And um, it's a great fucking rebuttal. It's a great answer to that. Uh, uh, he goes on to say, as long as I stick to, hi to hypotheses that can be experimentally verified or falsified, then there is no problem, he said. That is a scientific method in hypotheses. And a, a hypothesis, any hypothesis cannot be experiment. Jeez. Exper it's definitely getting long. <laughs> Any hypothesis that cannot be experimentally verified or falsified is pseudo-junk science, is what he says. That's what he quotes. Uh, Fugel, the owner of Skinwalker, said he believes the study of UFOs will one day be taken seriously. And I think they are. I think they're on their way there now. We are witnessing a seismic shift in, in attitudes regarding the UFO phenomenon in research involving paranormal activity due to the evidence being presented in government acknowledging acknowledgement regarding the reality we believe our work at skinwalker ranch is key to unlocking the mystery well greggy however says he is less convinced he says i think it's hard to be anything but skeptical about the paranormal claims surrounding skinwalker ranch when those claims have been promoted by individuals known to be advocates of the supernatural and when the site has not been subject to, to subject to sustained Critical examination by independent academic researchers with the appropriate specialized training. Yeah, maybe so. But I would say that there's also people that weren't believers that are turned believers. So maybe because he hasn't seen anything or he chooses not to go over there. But I personally think that there's been a lot of people. And again, me and I was I was young. I was young, young. But I, you know, there is things that that has transpired. As a matter of fact, growing up as a JW. Um, there was no such thing as UFOs. There's blah, blah, blah. That was, that was nonsense. That is not real. That does not exist. And I think up until about 10 years ago, maybe 15, 
all of a sudden I talked to my mom and that was a, that has been now changed. And now somehow there, they do believe in it. And now they say that, um, extraterrestrial beings might actually, uh, be real. I don't know how or when or why they happened to change their stance on that, but they did. All I'm saying is it is possibility that people can see shit. And when you see shit, Hey, that's when you go, oh, okay. Now, however, now with AIs and all this stuff being created, the, the sad thing is we're not going to be able to trust our eyes or our ears on the internet anymore. <laughs> At least that's what I think. Um, other local tales. All right. Here we are at the end. And um, this, is, this is a couple good things where I thought we're, we're, we're pretty... <laughs> Some more amusing, let's put it that way. So the inhabitants of Skinwalker Ranch may have reported slightly different stories over the years, but they have a few things in common that are hard to shake. Most notable is the strong conviction that what they're seeing is the real deal, and it's conviction shared by many in the area, which, of course, I, I could definitely see. So since the 1950s, there have been hundreds of reports of UFOs and unexplained phenomena in the Uintah Basin, and not just at Skinwalker Ranch. I almost said Skywalker. Almost. It goes on to say, and, and you know, you talk to people, you got to have, you got to see something. There's no fucking way you can't, right? Neighbors of the ranch report seeing various types of bright lights in the sky, often appearing as a shape that looks like a doorway or portal. Others report giant flying objects. I'm telling you, I had people, friends, and all of us, we saw crazy shit. It's, 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 I, it, it's unexplainable. Uh, it goes on to say cattle mutil mutilations are common too. Some neighbors have reported, and we know this already, <laughs> for the most part, uh, some neighbors have reported seeing cows that appeared to have been struck by lightning with no sign of scorched earth to be found. One group shared a story of trying to spot UFOs one night only to return. This is this is cool. Only to return to find that their car had been moved without a trace of tire tracks in the desert sand. Now, is it at nighttime? Could they have kind of lost where they were? Because sometimes you go into a parking garage and you swear to God your car was moved to, you know, level three and you thought you parked in level two when, in fact, you actually parked in level three. But I still would rather find the fact that I actually do believe it. So that is my thought on that. And um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's it's true. Hold on. I'm, my fucking mic is is being an asshole. Okay. Um, there I go. Um, all right. So what's really going on? All right. Well, we actually, supposedly this, not we, this article has four theories. They're just small paragraphs. And the last one, theory number four, is comically my favorite and the one I believe the least in. <laughs> all right. So what's really going on? So there are plenty of theories uh, of what's going on in, at, Sky, at Skinwalker Ranch. Skin, Sky, Skin, Sky, Sky. And you guessed it. Some of them are pretty out there. And the theory is, is what I just said. Some of them are definitely crazy. Um, so this is, again, this is what this article said. And this is theory number one, which is plausible. But so far... 
I don't think has really been proven technically. Theory number one, people are lying to get money. Now, yes and no. Some people, like anything else, are frauds, right? I mean, regardless, they're going to sell you bullshit to try to make money and other people aren't. That's what gives some businesses and industries a bad fucking name. I mean, that's just the way it is. People are always trying to hack in your account, saying they're the bank, blah, 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 right? So subscribers to this theory were likely the same people who raised their hand at the end of class and reminded the teacher that they had homework due. It's not a fun theory at all, so it shouldn't be even so it shouldn't even be considered. I still consider because they're fucking, you know, there's there's people out there that are like that that are trash. I like my explanation better. Theory number two, which is the one I actually believe in, extraterrestrial visitors. Mm. So this one is one of the most popular theories about the anomalies of Skinwalker. And it would certainly explain a lot of things like, of course, the, the bright lights, the flying objects, the strange voices, electrical disturbances, cattle mutilation, especially with scientific precision. But um, this question is, they say, is, but why would our flying friends be so secretive? And well, maybe they're not friends. All right. So. You, I think that's a stupid and irrelevant question. Who knows why? I mean, maybe we don't want to, if we were somewhere, we'd kind of want to be like, Ugh, you know, maybe a little quiet, see what the hell's going on, because we don't know those people might. I mean, the first thing we'd want to do, and they probably already have, is is abduct an alien and fucking kill it and um, or hold it prisoner or whatever and just do a bunch of tests and just shit things too, because humans can be complete trash, as we know. Number three, and this one is the one that I still don't believe in anything if I've ever heard, read, I, I, and, and, I, and I'm actually was surprised to even see this come up uh, as, as, as a theory for this. But I guess you got to throw all in there. And that's inter interdimensional visitors. Yes. Uh-huh. You heard me right. Like dimensions. You know how they say... There's a version of me a hundred times of different out there. It's the exact same person, but maybe in one I'm a pig, maybe in one I'm a robot, maybe in one I'm evil, whatever it may be. Well, that's kind of what they're getting at. Um, kind of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I guess. <laughs> uh, rather than believing that UFOs arrive from another planet, subscribers to this theory believe that they have arrived from a paranormal dimension or universe. That one is, is really, really tough for me to believe. Um, I don't know. I don't know. God damn, these are getting longer. <laughs> I, I still, I have, a, I, that one's a hard one for me to believe. But I'm not going to say it's not as exist. I'm just saying I don't think that's possible, but I could be wrong. As it says, sounds crazy, but this would certainly explain why the lights in the sky sometimes appear to look like portals. Of course, of course. And any kind of interdimensional gateway would be bound to cause some anomalies nearby. In theory number four, the last one, which, hey, this one, they actually say a perfect parenthesis. Oh, actually not they. I did. Garbage theory. This is seriously fucking bullshit to me. It goes on, and this is theory number four, geophysical processes causing the brain to hallucinate. Remember that magical word I said earlier, that key word? Well, here it is. Here it is, friends. 
developed by neuroscience. Let's put let's make sure we put neuroscientists there because that's credible all of a sudden. Developed by neuroscientist Michael Persinger. No, and I didn't look it up, and I'm not gonna bother. And Jamie ChatGPT, don't look it up. We're good. This theory posts that ge- geophysical forces like tectonic shift, seismic activity, geomagnetic fields, and others may affect the part of the brain involved in involved with creating hallucinations. I don't think you need seismic activity. I just think you need fucking a good set of shrooms or LSD or something for that to happen. Under this reasoning, it says, everything people experience at Skinwalker is a result of increased seismic activity in the area. So those shapeshifters, UFOs, and portals are all just a result of witnesses' brains going haywire on account of the imperceptible change to the local environment. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they close it out by saying, this theory has the biggest ordinance, so that makes it the most likely. Eat a dick. No. That's the worst one of them all, and it's comical. Like I said, comically-wise, it's my favorite because it's a fucking joke and it's garbage. But really, we have three theories, maybe, as far as this article goes. There's few theories, no question. I don't know, but I know number four is dog shit. Um, and that's basically going to conclude our Skinwalker uh, Ranch uh, podcast that I went way overboard. I actually was expecting this to be way, way shorter than all of them and even more short than uh, number one, uh, 113. And, and I don't think I, I mean, did I go off as much as I did at the beginning? I don't think I did, but... I was actually expecting this to be extremely short, and it's not. <laughs> I still got some other shit to do, uh, but that's okay. I'm glad because I'm actually a day ahead of schedule today. Well, actually, I'm on schedule today, not a day behind. Um, but uh, I, I, I really thought it was going to be the shortest. It's actually been one of the longest ones I've done. I still find it fascinating because as I did more research and I found a couple different articles. It got longer and it got better and I just had to put it in there. And I just don't want to try to do a half-ass. I do want to keep it short because I think an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes is great for our human minds that that's kind of our tension. And after that, we might check out or it might be like, oh, it's too long. I'll I'll listen to it later. And you don't. And I think an hour is a good time to do things. Maybe you're doing some type of chore, whatever it may be. But this one, this did go on uh, further. I promise I'm not going to end up being, you know, next one, two hours. And before you know it, I'm three hours in. I don't have the energy for that. I don't have time for that. But I thought this one was really good because as I read more about it and more articles about it, I found it quite interesting. And I'm glad that I did. So I just don't want to do a half-ass thing. And, and you know, and I want to kind of tell you guys, you know, so maybe some questions that you had. And maybe some of those were answered, you know. Because I don't want to leave you like hanging completely. Of course, I didn't answer everything, but I think I answered some good things or at least went over some some good stuff that you go, okay, good. I'm glad that at least he went over that a little bit. Uh, the Basically, it, the, the last question is, and then which I would love to do, is can you visit Skywalker Ranch nowadays? Well, unfortunately, the answer to that is no, not going to happen um, ever since, you know, well, it's always been private property, but... You know, this guy has has his own team. 
Obviously, he now has a history channel. So, um, no, you cannot. Um, since the ranch is on private property, you can visit. You you can't visit without being invited by the owners. Um, they also don't recommend trying to sneak in because of the security that's there. That sounds pretty tough, and I'm sure he does have extensive security. I think choppers and all sorts of shit. So it's no joke. They said if you're interested, and this is just from this article, not from the Skywalker Ranch site, but if you're interested in a UFO sighting of your own. There's a campground just outside the ranch that advertises, of course, <laughs> UFO-themed ATV tours that are the closest you can legally get. Otherwise, you can try your luck at UFO spotting one of the state parks in Utah Basin. I guess like uh, Steinacre Starvation Reservoir and or Red Fleet State Parks. Um, so no, uh, no Skinwalker Ranch for you um, unless you're invited by the owners. So yeah, I, I guess um, I guess that's it, and I don't want to keep you guys much longer. I am wow, hour and forty three. Wow, I uh, son of ah. Hey, listen. Sometimes good things just go a little bit longer, but I'm glad that we went over and went through Skinwalker Ranch, and it was it was great. I I. Uh, I enjoyed this one a lot more than I thought it was going to, especially being that I didn't know anything about it uh, since the previous episode and quite well, quite good. And remember, it's every two weeks. So technically, if I was doing weekly, this one, these episodes are less than an hour long a piece, right? I mean, this would this would actually be one hour and 45 minutes. So yeah, divide that in two and there we go. So Maybe that's one way to look at it. Uh, okay, so I'm not going to keep you guys much longer. I really do appreciate you guys stopping by, taking a listen. Anybody that's come on new to the podcast, thank you for coming on board. And, and hopefully you stick around to listen to more stories. My other stories of letters from B-Red, you might want to listen to. They are uh, the, the, the subject and... And the way they are, how do I say it, um, organized on my site, you can see their episode letters, let's see, episode numbers by letters. Uh, the last one has been over a year, unfortunately. Those are absolutely my favorite. That's how this show got started. This uh, podcast got started, was Letters from B-Rad. Um, again, from my buddy uh, that has been in prison since 1994, has been in there for life or is in there for life. And he and I have been communicating via letters for over 20 or maybe 25 years now. And it's a, it's 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 lighthearted. It's funny. It's not dark. Uh, but if you have time, listen to those. I think those are fantastic. Until then, I will see you guys or talk at you guys in a couple weeks. And um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed what, what I'm doing here. Have fun. If you guys, again, have any questions, comments, or if you have any like bullshit or know-it-all like charlatans out there you, you don't have to email me other than that shoot me an email whatever it may be i appreciate you guys again and i will talk at you guys later that's a fucking wrap